Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. Hey, it is so good to be back um, with you guys in this room, in this space. And I just want to say, I was like a huge thank you to a lot of people who have worked behind the scenes over the last uh, 12 weeks or so and just helping make the services that we've put out there uh, happen. Um, The music team, Wednesday nights were usually about a four-hour practice and recording session, and uh, those got to be long uh, at times, especially the further into this that we went. And I just want to say a huge... Thank you to everyone who's been a part of the music team in some way, shape, or form. You guys are amazing. That includes the sound people. That includes the people on the screens in the back. Um, It is huge. I also want to just say thank you to all of those who have helped clean uh, the building. They've done some work around the building during the the season of our quarantine. And I just want to thank you uh, to all those people. And I just want to thank all of you for being faithful throughout all of this, I know it has not been easy. I know it's been a struggle in many ways, shapes, or form. And I have, I've said this to, to many people. I don't know that we're fully going to understand the full ramifications of what this quarantine has done uh, for some time to come. But I know this, that in the midst of all of it, we are going uh, to press on because God has something to do among us and through us in our community. Uh, I don't want to belittle, uh, or I, I don't want to just focus on the big issue of, our, of the quarantine, because that's not, that hasn't been the only issue that has faced our nation and our world um, as of late. And so I, I want us to speak, um, I just want to say, as a church, um, we, we believe in the, the sanctity of all life. But you know, that's like saying school's important. And saying, but forgetting to make the statement of, you know, it's it's important that you go uh, to to math class and you go to history class, you go to writing class. All of those parts are extremely important, and sometimes we have to be reminded that the different parts are really, really important. And so um, we were actually yesterday we went hiking down at Machine Falls, down near Tullahoma, and uh, coming back we got stopped by a uh, a march. Um, that was filled with people of all color. And it just did my heart good to see uh, something like that going on. And so as a church, we're going to probably, we're going to speak into that more and more uh, as the days to come. But uh, I just want to say, God has something to do in the midst of all of the chaos, whatever the the issue may be. So if you would grab your Bibles, please do that. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, we want to make sure you get one. So please let us know. And we will make that happen. We're going to be in Mark's gospel. We're going to jump back into that. We're going to be in the sixth chapter is where we're going to start. But it wasn't too long into this whole quarantine pandemic thing 
that we heard the news story of a gentleman who figured out a way that he was going to capitalize on um, the fear uh, in our society. And he bought up a garage full of toilet paper. And he jam-packed that, and his plan was to sell it at an elevated price and make a good profit. I mean, sounds like a good plan. But there was something in the midst of that plan that really kind of rubbed us all wrong. Like, how dare you take advantage of all of us who can't find toilet paper? I, 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 the picture is etched in my mind. There he is standing in front of uh, his garage, the door's up, and just behind him is a wall of toilet paper. Well, a lot of people had opinions about that, as did Amazon. They weren't too keen on uh, helping someone take advantage of the situation, and so I believe they shut down his selling account. So all of a sudden, here's this guy with a lot of toilet paper <laughs> and nowhere to get rid of it. Actually, he did have some place to get rid of it, but not in that kind of quantity. Um, and so, you know, th th his plan kind of turned around to bite him in the butt, which was probably a good thing for him that he had enough toilet paper to, uh, to, to soften the blow. But, you know, the, the, the whole idea about capitalizing and accumulating uh, stuff like that so that we can, um, we can rise to the top comes out of this thing that we call scarcity. It's this mentality that we're not going to have enough, so you better grab it while you can. We saw that throughout the pandemic, especially early on when stuff was just flying off the shelves. You see this also, you know, Christy and I, we've done youth ministry for, for a few years, and uh, you see this at youth group gatherings when there's pizza laid out. Unless you tell them how many slices they can have, they're going to take a lot just in case. Uh, what they initially took, uh, what they think they can eat is not going to be enough. They want to make sure that they've got enough uh, if they're still hungry. Well, the problem with that is it leaves the people at the end scraping the bottom of the pizza box for the crumbs and the stuff that's left there. The, the, it's, a, it's a mentality of scarcity that undergirds a lot of what we see in our society. And this morning, I, I want us to jump into a passage of scripture that takes the idea of scarcity and turns it upside down upon its head. Uh, in Mark chapter 6, beginning of this, verse 30, is a passage that many of us have probably heard, but I want to revisit it tonight or today. We read these words. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving. And people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, you feed them. With what, they asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. 
Jesus said, how, how much bread do you have? He asked, uh, go out and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the, gra- on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the, sh- to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers, bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed that day. This is the word of God for the people of God and the world. And we all say together, thank you, Jesus. In the passage before what we just read, we find Herod throwing a party. Uh, It was the kind of party that the cream of the crop uh, were invited to. Only the best of the best in society were invited to this party. It was his birthday. And he wanted to throw a party in fine fashion that would show everyone exactly what he had at his disposal. Uh, as, he, as the party unfolded, he kind of got caught up in a plot uh, of his wife's. Uh, you see, his wife held a grudge against a guy that we know as John the Baptist. And John had made it very clear that Herod should never have married this woman, for she had been his brother's wife. He made it known to everyone, and she was not too keen on all that, and so she devised a plan, and she wanted his head on a platter. Well, he got stuck in this because here he was in front of all of his guests, all of the most important people in society, and he had to make sure that he did his part to stay on top of what was going on in society. In in many parts of our own society, this is the same thing that we find. We find people striving to make sure that they have enough, that they are number one, that they are taken care of. But throughout Scripture, throughout the the, the story of God and the people of God, that is the furthest thing from what God has pushed for us. You see, the, the theme that we find throughout Scripture is that the people of God have always been those who have modeled the loving act of God of self-sacrifice for the good of another. In Jesus, we see that Jesus laid down his life for those that weren't the cream of the crop. Well, those are included as well, but Jesus wanted to make sure that even the least of these found their place in the middle of the party. So that was the passage right before this, and Jesus now throws his own banquet. It's an odd banquet. It's not in a palace. It's not in a nice home. It is not well prepared. It was just, well, Jesus threw a party in which he fed a lot of people, and he didn't invite any of them. They were party crashers. They were the people who showed up, and you know what was interesting about Jesus is he didn't check the list to make sure that they were on it. He welcomed them all. And you see, in the midst of the kingdom of God, it's not scarcity that drives us, but it's abundance. It's the reality that God has more than enough to go around. And so as we think about this, we have to consider what Jesus's party was all about. There was no discrimination. There was no invitation. He welcomed all to come and interact with him and his ministry. 
And in doing this, in opening the, the, the party to everyone, he found himself surrounded by, it says 5,000 men and their families. So it is conceivable that we are looking at 10 to 15,000 people on that hillside, on that countryside, gathered that day. And Jesus wanted the, uh, the disciples to do the feeding. They went to the mentality of scarcity. We don't have enough to go around. We can't do this. There's not enough money. We'd have to work way too long. There's no way we can do this. And Jesus says, what do you have? And I wonder for you, have you ever heard Jesus say that to you? What do you have? We find ourselves complaining uh, I don't have enough this. I don't have enough that. I, I don't have enough resources. People don't like me. I don't have a job. I, I, I'm not liked. I don't have all the gifts and graces that other people have. But Jesus says, but what do you have? Church, answer this question for yourself. What do you have that God might be able to use not only to multiply things in your own life, but also in the lives of all those around us? As Jesus wanted, Jesus wanted the apostles to feed them. They were not prepared. In fact, they had another plan. Jesus sent them away to get their own food. Again, the disciples don't see the possibility of what God wants to do there. In the kingdom of God, we find that God is the one who supplies all that is necessary. And in fact, oftentimes, not just what is necessary, God often goes beyond that to meet not just needs, but also wants. When God is in the middle of anything, there is always more than enough. There's always more than enough. The kingdom is a story of abundance, and God doesn't just give with just enough left over. There's always enough to go to those who aren't even expecting it. God wants us to be driven by the abundance of the kingdom. On that day, it was food for the masses. But today, we must ask God what it means for us. What does kingdom abundance mean for people like you and I? What if our whole mentality was not driven by accumulation so that we can be taken care of, but what if it was about trusting God to supply our every need at the moment that we need it. That kind of faithful trust can be difficult at times. In fact, probably all the time, unless we have a paradigm shift in our hearts and in our minds that recognizes our life is sustained by God and God alone. Even the stuff that we have, that we've accumulated, it's from God. What does kingdom abundance look like when it takes root in your own lives and flourishes as you go about your daily life? First of all, we have to recognize that, that those routines of self-maintenance and self-promotion, they get in the way of kingdom abundance and kingdom mission. The first sounds like, I can't, I won't, there's no way. It looks like doubt and worry, and it oftentimes gets treated as anxiety and depression. Second of all, we have to recognize uh, the abundance of the kingdom. This sounds like God can, God will. There is a way where there seems to be no way. I remember a song that uh, 
and used to sing growing up. And the words go like this, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide. He'll hold hold me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day, God will make a way. God will make a way. This passage of scripture in Mark does not include the story of a little boy who brought the loaves and the fish. From Mark's perspective, it's not about the boy. From Mark's perspective, it's all about what God can do no matter where the resources come from because in the end, we recognize that the resources come from him. Kingdom abundance is not just about stuff. It's not just about food and cars and homes and clothes and all the stuff. It's also about forgiveness and grace. In God's plan, there's more than enough of that to go around for us and for others. It's about peace and hope. And in God's plan, there's more than enough peace and hope to go around with tons left over. In God's plan, there's healing from pain and heartache, there's healing of the most deep-seated wounds in our life. God has more than enough of all that you're looking for. The question I guess we have to ask is, are we going to take God at his word? Or are we going to be the disciples that scratch our heads and say, yeah, but how is this going to work, God? Maybe, maybe we need to be those who say, yeah, I mean, with God in the middle, of course it's going to work. And sometimes we have to take the steps before we see the plan. In Proverbs 3, 5, we read these, and this is a bit of a paraphrase in the New Jeremy version. I will trust in the Lord with all my heart. I will not lean on my own understanding. In all my ways, I will seek God, and God will provide the way. Will you? Will you live into that scripture? Will that become what drives you? Will you trust the resources of God along with God's desire to transform you and those around you? Will you trust God to make a way in the midst of every situation? I'm going to ask the team to come back up and close us out with a song before I uh, come back up to bless us. But as they're getting set, I want to mention to you, uh, there was a gentleman that stopped by the church this morning. And he was in a very dark place. And as uh, Sarah and I and Philip talked with him out in the foyer, I kept hearing this song that the team was practicing. And I was able to speak into this gentleman's life. You know, we were able to give him some stuff to help him. Just, I mean, not, not enough, but, but I would say, you know what? God can make a way for you out of this dark place. So as we sing this song, I want us to think about the ways we need God to make in our life. and the ways that we can be used by God to make ways in other people's lives.
church stand. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that you would you would help us remember not just the story of a God who can multiply to abundance, but that we would know it in our hearts, in our own lives, in our own church, in our own community, in our own nation, in our own world. Dear God, that people would realize that scarcity is not the story. Abundance is. So God, I pray that you would help us this morning. Embody this. Take this into our hearts and let it transform us. For God, I never want to be those who doubt you. Who try just to gather up everything so that I've got enough. But God, I pray that I would trust you for enough. Lord, in your name, speak to us through this song.